Plead my cause, O Lord, with those who strive with me. Welcome back to the Hackberry House, a daily podcast devoted to the Word of God and the persecuted Church of North Korea. My name is Bob. This is podcast number 193. It is June 21, 2015. Today, a story from Crossing Borders of Glenview, Illinois, a story from their 2014 uh, report, annual report of their work. Um, the name has been changed in this story to, uh, well, for obvious reasons, I think you understand. It's called Rebounding. Most North Koreans have grisly tales of how they suffered and what their lives were like in North Korea. Well, Mrs. Cho's account stands apart to many of us who have heard story after story of the suffering that has occurred in North Korea. She lost all three of her children to starvation. Her will to survive and thrive are unlike anything we've seen. North Korea suffered one of the worst famines in human history in the late 90s. After the collapse of the Soviet Union, the country began to flounder. North Korea launched a public relations campaign called Eat Two Meals a Day in 1991 to convince its people to eat less, to ease their burden of feeding its people. Well, by the late 90s, the country was awash in starvation. It was common to see dead bodies lining the roads and piled up in in train stations, according to refugee accounts. The death toll from starvation reached seven figures. Some organizations estimate that three million people died from starvation between 1995 and 1998. Mrs. Cho lived through these times, and like many loyal citizens of the communist country, she did her best to keep the country going. In 1998, as the country was deep in the throes of the famine, she lost her 16-year-old daughter to starvation. Later the same year, her husband died of a liver disease. The hospitals did not have the medicine or manpower to treat him. 1999, she lost another son. Later that year, her last child, a boy, wasted away in her arms as she sat on the floor. He told Mrs. Joe that he wished to eat one bowl of white rice before he died. Yes, my son, Mrs. Joe said, I will go to the market and sell my shirt and buy you a bowl of rice. He slipped into unconsciousness, and when he came to, he smiled, touched the button on her shirt, and breathed his last breath. Well, she hadn't eaten in 15 days, she said. She knew then that she had to leave her homeland or she too would perish. When she made it to a border city in North Korea, she was at the brink of death. A boy around the age of 11 found her and bought her a bowl of noodles. Miss, what's the matter, he said. I've starved for so long, Mrs. Joe said. I want to leave. My uncle lives just over the border. Go there and and tell him that I sent you. He will help you. The boy told her to get through three more military gates. It will, if you tell them my uncle's name, they'll let you pass. She followed this boy's instructions and survived. 
the Tumen River runs from Mount Piaktu to the East Sea. It serves as part of the border between North Korea and China. In the winter, it freezes solid. In the summer, it flows heavy and is hard to cross. Both sides of the river are lightly populated. The Tumen is mostly surrounded by mountains and trees. On the North Korea side, there are signs uh, with propaganda in bright red. There are hidden military bunkers along the North Korean side with thin horizontal holes for soldiers to peek and point their guns out of. Uh, North Korea is one of the only countries in the world where border guards exist primarily to keep its own people in. Mrs. Joe crossed the river in the summer. It was pitch dark. Just as she was instructed, she gave the guard the name of the boy's uncle, and she was able to cross unmolested. The Tumen River still is a major crossing point for North Korean refugees today. But the North Korean government has made it harder to cross. Border guards are rotated regularly and are instructed to shoot to kill anyone who attempts to cross. Seemingly endless barbed wire fences line on both sides. Explosives are hidden under the river's currents, according to recent reports. Well, after Mrs. Joe crossed, she was instructed to go to this boy's uncle's house nearby, and she did. She was given a meal, new clothes, was told to wait in a room with a few other North Korean women. The women all younger than Mrs. Cho, were picked one by one by Chinese men and taken away. Mrs. Cho soon figured out they were being sold. Seventy percent of North Korean refugees are women. Eighty percent of them are sold to Chinese men as forced brides to supplement China's shortfall of women. China's one-child policy has left the country with a severe gender imbalance. Most Chinese couples are forced to keep the country's population under control. With the introduction of ultrasound technology, it became easy to make a decision on what gender a couple's child would be. And most have chosen to have a boy. In 2010, The Economist reported a gender ratio of 275 boys for every 100 girls born in some of China's provinces. It's almost a three-to-one ratio. What has resulted is an almost hopeless gender gap. The Chinese Academy of Social Sciences stated that by the year 2020, there will be 30 to 40 million more men than women in China. The demand for women is high in China, and the country's poorest men have to go to the open market to find a wife. Mrs. Joe was duped by the little boy in North Korea. She was on the selling block and could do nothing to stop it. This boy was part of a coordinated trafficking ring, which paid for her bowl of noodles, paid off the border guards, and resulted in the sale of tens of thousands of North Korean women. Mrs. Joe watched as women came in and sold. Uh, but since she was older, it took over a month to find her buyer. 
She was eventually sold to a pig farmer as a, as a slave. For a year, she carried large buckets of water from a well to, to give pigs water. She was beaten when she didn't understand orders, which was common since she didn't speak Mandarin. She begged her owners for release for months. One day, they let her leave, but not on her terms. Her captors found someone else to purchase her. At this point, her back was so strained from her time on the farm that her torso was at 90 degrees from her legs, a condition she still has today. When she walks, she looks like she is bowing. The man who purchased Mrs. Cho did not mistreat her. He was an ethnic Korean man, and he was older with children who were grown. They lived together for about a year in northeast China, but he received a South Korean work visa, and within a week, he was gone. The South Korean economy has advanced so much that the country now needs to import a pool of cheap labor. It's estimated that there are about 500,000 Korean Chinese people who have legal work status in South Korea. It's about 20% of China's ethnic Korean population. This mass migration has decimated the working-age Korean Chinese population in China. There are less people to help North Koreans. Many Korean Chinese churches in China are almost empty of working-age congregants. Well, Mrs. Joe's husband would send money to his children, but not to his purchased wife. So she was again in need. He would call infrequently and make promises to her that he hardly ever fulfilled. She took to picking herbs and mushrooms on a mountain nearby to sustain herself, but she still couldn't make ends meet. This is when she met another refugee woman connected to crossing borders who said there were Americans who could help her. In the early 2000s, it was estimated there were anywhere uh, up to 300,000 North Korean refugees in China. North Koreans are given no rights. There are still systematic raids carried out by the Chinese police targeting North Koreans and the people who help them. China deported or denied visas to about 1,000 missionaries who work along the China-North Korea border in 2014. Uh, crossing borders operations were not affected. The sweep along the frontiers believed to be aimed at closing off support to North Koreans who flee persecution and poverty in their homeland, Reuters reported in August. The constant scrutiny and raids carried out by the Chinese government, along with the diminishing Korean-Chinese population in China, has left the region ill-equipped to handle the slow, steady drip of North Koreans into the country. Mrs. Cho was introduced to one of Crossing Borders missionaries in 2012 and began receiving help in 2013. The transformation we have seen in her has been astonishing. Of the $40 she receives per month in aid from Crossing Borders, about half she tithes, gives to charity. Her back is still not straight, and her inner wounds have not fully healed. Yet her smile is bright. She spends most of her days working on the nearby mountain to find herbs and mushrooms to sell at her local market. 
Recently, there was a dispute between two other North Korean refugees at Mrs. Cho's church. One of them left the church, vowing never to return. Mrs. Cho called the one who left and from the Bible instructed her about why it's important for her to return. The two women made peace and both are attending the church again and receiving life-sustaining aid from crossing borders. Mrs. Joe's husband recently returned from South Korea after 10 years. They're living together and happy, she said. I'm living a life of thankfulness, she said. Well, this is why crossing borders exists, to show the compassion of Christ to the refugees, widows, and orphans of North Korea. We've made a difference in the lives of thousands of people, and through the help of our partners and donors, we're still growing. Crossing Borders. I highly recommend this organization, and you may go to their website, which is Crossing Borders NK, Crossing Borders NK, all one word, dot org, and um, look around their site, see if maybe you'd like to get involved in what they're doing. And may God bless you if you do. Well, tomorrow we'll be finishing up on that question and answer from the Bible that we started on Friday about evil spirits coming from the Lord. And probably go on to another question of answering about what Jesus meant when he talked about violence in the kingdom of heaven. Violence in the kingdom of heaven. How could that be? And uh, later on in the week, we'll be doing, Lord willing, a couple messages from Charles Spurgeon. We have some other questions and answers. Got a busy week ahead at Hackberry House. I hope you'll be with me. Don't forget Psalm 35.1, where we began today. Plead my cause, O Lord, with those who strive with me. Amen. God bless you.